Welcome to Generation X Paranormal. I am your host, Logan Mathias. On this show, we embrace every aspect of the paranormal, all the way from bumps in the night to strange things in flight. As a member of the U.S. Armed Forces, I was all over this wonderful world. I feel like most things you see can be explained, but there are definitely a lot of those that you just cannot. With that in mind, join us and welcome to Generation X Paranormal. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. So uh, I know that there's a few changes as you've seen or may have not have seen. There are some videos now that that weren't there before. They're available on Spotify. They're also available on YouTube. So if you look up, if you look up the podcast, you know Generation X Paranormal on YouTube, uh, we have some have some video content out there. It's nothing really about talking heads. It's just kind of you know some raw footage and stuff like that but you know if you want to see something more visual instead of just listening to it uh, we definitely have that available now today on the show we're going to be talking about uh, well two things actually we're going to be talking about eureka springs arkansas and the crescent hotel and if you don't know what the crescent hotel is look there's there's no shortage of content out there uh from you know the all the television ghost hunters type things to uh, you know, YouTube's just absolutely destroyed with a ton of this stuff, but uh, we're going to do a little bit of a different uh, look at it. Uh, as you know, on this show, we like to bring bring forward facts. We like to bring forward things that that you can actually look at from a factual level instead of just, you know, well, it's scary and there's there's ghosts and it's spooky. Well, yeah, that all that stuff's all present, but, you know, we dive a little bit more into what could what could be causing it. Getting started, I kind of want to go over Eureka Springs. Eureka Springs uh, is a really small town in northern Arkansas, and it's uh, it's pretty eclectic. There's a lot of a lot of what you would expect uh, an artisan type town, where you know there's obviously there's artists, there's cultural things going on. Um, there aren't your a lot of your mainstay shops. It's it's mom and pop shops, mom and pop eateries, a lot of really cool hotels. Um, it's it's pretty awesome. Uh, you know, there's there's definitely a focus on natural healing, natural spring waters. In fact, that's a whole point why they called it Eureka Springs is there is a a natural spring that, well, some people claim give you some healing properties. The town has a lot of rich history. I won't go too far into it in the show, but. If you have a chance, you should look it up. And if you are, and this is a big reach, if you're anywhere near the area, like if you find yourself in, you know, Springfield, Missouri, or Ozark, Missouri, even Branson, you know, it's it's a fairly short drive south to get there. Now I say fairly short because getting there requires you to go through quite a few serpentine streets. It's not a straight shot, so you're not going to stumble upon Eureka Springs. That's for sure. Now, what I can tell you that's interesting is I don't think there's a I don't think I remember seeing like a fast food chain there. I don't think there's any I don't think there's any Chili's or any Applebee's. That's for sure. Um, don't think I ever saw any Walmart. I don't think any of that stuff exists. It is literally just a very quaint town, um, a lot of cool shops. And uh, yeah, if you get a chance to go there, it's pretty awesome. I, I wouldn't skip it uh, if you're in the area. Now, I've got a really special guest today. Uh, this would be my wife, Nicole. And, you know, we 
I think our first date was our first road trip for sure was in Eureka Springs, right? Yeah. Yeah, an Airbnb in that place was called Arsenic and Lace, right? Yeah, I don't even—I don't even know if that place is around anymore. Do you? I mean, they were—they were pretty old people. I shouldn't say it that way. They were an older couple, so hopefully, hopefully they're okay. But if if they are and they're still open, you should go there. It's pretty cool. Um, there's a lot of history, I'm sure, with that too. But what were what was your impression when you first got to Eureka Springs? I know you've been there before we did or we went, but what what did you think of it? It was a really nice little town up in the hills, very artistic, had lots of little shops. Um, we went in the winter, so it was really cold and didn't get to see a lot the first time. And it sure around. was. Yeah. But I know it was different than any place I had ever been. Yeah, that's for sure. It's uh, it's definitely cold uh, during the winter. I don't know that I would want to be there if it like ice is over or something like that. No, because the roads are really hilly and steep yeah. in certain places. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because to get up to uh, the place we're going to talk about here in just a minute, if I remember right, it's a pretty steep road to get up to the Crescent Hotel. It's incredibly steep. Yeah, I remember that. And narrow. And narrow. Now, wasn't there a shop there that you used to go to a lot or one of the, uh, I forgot what it was called. My favorite shop? Yeah. The Essential Oil Shop. Ah, that's right. The Essential Oil Shop. Yeah. It's by a lady that used to live where we live she moved to Arkansas so That's she right. could start using some of the CBD oil and stuff in her products. Yeah, if, if you guys didn't know, uh, CBD is... I won't go into much of that because that could be you know, a little risque for some, but um, it, it does have a lot of healing properties and I definitely believe in that. But uh, but yeah, that's a pretty cool shop. Wasn't there like, um, like a retail thing too? Maybe it's closed now. I can't remember. Um, like Earthbound or Earth something. Yeah, one of the. I'm an earthy person, so it's, it was one of those types of shops. But they're all on Main Street, which is the main drive through town. So you find all the hotels and the restaurants and the little shops all along that Main Street, and you can park and walk to all of them. And it kind of has like this L shape, right? The whole Main Strip, like you come in and then it dog legs to the left. If I remember right. So. I kind of want to bring back that uh, that shop, the the healing shop, the essential oil shop. What was that called again? Essential oil shop. There you go. <laughs> That's pretty easy to figure out, I guess. But uh, anyway, um, so what do you like about it? what's what's some of the cool stuff? Well, they're actually closed at the current moment because they are remodeling, ah. but they're about to open back up and they're expanding. Oh. But um, classically, they offered you know herbals soaps potteries body care all harvested from the ozarks um but i think they're going to go into my teas and body care tinctures herbal products hmm. incense um and wow. i think they're gonna s- sell some arkansas quartz and chocolates hmm. so arkansas we'll have to chocolate. take a trip back down there um yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> once they open back up but the owners are really caring people and if you have some kind of ailment they will work with you and and do what they can to you know recommend certain products that can help you cool yeah i i remember going there and yeah i've i've got some knee problems and and some ailments at my age and having been through the things i've been through in the military and stuff but um i know some of the cbd stuff that she's she's given you or we you've purchased there have really helped so um yeah that's that's pretty good stuff so, 
Kind of going back a little bit about where we stayed. To be honest with you, when we first went, I don't remember us making a a, a conscious thought to go to the Crescent at first. I think we were just, we knew it was there and we didn't stumble upon it, but I don't think we, we didn't venture to Eureka Springs just with the intent to go to the Crescent Hotel, right? No, I think it was recommended. You know, when you go to an Airbnb, they usually give you the, you know, recommendations in the town that you're staying in. And that was one of them because they offer nightly ghost tours. Yeah. And so we were like, oh, that would be really cool. So we yeah. were kind of snowed in to be able to do anything else. So we're like, okay, That's that, sure. that, that would be something we could do. Yeah. And I remember, if I remember right, there was a, there was an older gentleman, which we'll get into a little bit later, but... I think I remember calling him up, and I, I want to say the tour was it was a little on the pricey end, but I remember that we got like a really good deal for a military discount, didn't we? I don't remember. It's been so long yes. ago. Yes, folks. If <laughs> I won't get into too much, but we've been we've been married for quite a while, so it's been a, it, it was a while ago. But um, anyway, so my thought was to kind of get into a little bit of the history of the Crescent Hotel um, before we get into the. The obligatory paranormal stuff, which we'll definitely cover, but uh, just kind of want to go a little bit about the hotel itself. So my writer, <laughs> she, uh, she, my, my wife's very good at, at bringing all the information together for me. Because to be honest with you, I'm probably too sporadic and wouldn't really, <laughs> wouldn't really be able to get it all together. So she's a tremendous amount of help. But, um, but anyway, so the the Crescent Hotel. It was built in 1886, and I guess it was a resort for the rich and famous, right? In the beginning, yes. In the beginning. And I guess it fell into disrepair for a while, and I guess in, looks like in 1908, it was reopened as a college and a conservatory for young women. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's pretty interesting. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so it did that for a while, then it closed in 1924, uh, reopened again in 1930s junior college. So I guess it's got a lot of history in being a, an education uh, spot. But um, at any rate, it closed. And then in 1937, that's when that's when things take a bit of, bit of a turn. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> so kind of, uh, kind of going through some of the history of this place, uh, there, was, um, there was a movement. And I know that Kellogg did it too. There was a, I think he had a retreat where people would go there and he'd try to heal them. And there was all this great panacea and stuff like that going on. Uh, and I can't remember what his first name, I want to say it's Clark, but I don't think that's right. I think it's a basketball player. But Kellogg um, had it, and there's a really good movie. And I think Anthony Hopkins plays Kellogg in that. But anyway, um, well, this guy was no uh, Kellogg and sure was no Anthony Hopkins. That is Norman G. Baker. So Norman G. Baker, um, yeah, this guy, I guess, tried to pass himself off as a doctor, right? Yeah. Yeah. And well, he could said he could heal, and he made the people think that, you know, they couldn't trust natural medicine, you know, and that they were just all out for profit. Right. And so basically he was a snake salesman. Oh, yeah, he was a snake oil salesman for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that... If you're looking, I'm looking at this stuff, and you said that he was uh, a millionaire inventor and a radio personality. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of information on that, 
just that he had tried that, I guess, before he tried this. <laughs> so he was just out to whatever he could do to make some money. Yeah, and to make matters worse, he did not have a, uh, a license for for practicing medicine, right? No. Yeah. I think it says you, you said it, he was ran out of Iowa, which I have some Iowa listeners, but I also got some friends in Iowa. So, Nick, good job in running him out. So this guy, um, Gorman Baker, I guess he would charge the families lots of money and they sent him through the mail. But I find this part interesting that patients who came for the treatment to the Baker Hospital were promised that if their cancer wasn't cured in three weeks or three to six weeks, I should say, they could return for more treatment for free. Um, I got a feeling not a lot of people came back, right? No, it was just his way of covering up all the people that died. Yeah, I mean, I'd say they never came back because they never left. Well, and I think he typically preyed on those that didn't have a lot of family that checked in on them. So, you know, he'd get them there and get money from the family that was still alive, usually far, far away. Right. And then they would die, and sometimes the family never knew about it. Yeah, and I think... I think they would just keep sending money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he just collected the profits. Jeez. And, you know, having... I, I guess we should open up with saying that we have actually been there. And we took the ghost tour. And I didn't want to go too far into the ghost part of it just yet, but when you take a full tour of this, one of the places they take you to is the morgue. Creepy. Yeah, super <laughs> super creepy. And this, we were there before they redid the whole basement, remember? Yeah, in fact, that's a good point because when we went back uh, about a year, man, I think it's been longer it's been than a, that. Well, it was before COVID, so. Yeah, right. Yeah. So before COVID, we went there and they had completely renovated the downstairs basement to, I mean, it's supposed to be a place, I think a sanctuary for like. It's a ma- spa. Yeah, it's a spa. You're right. It's absolutely a spa. And. I don't know. I mean, I feel weird saying this, but there's no way I could ever be comfortable in that place because, you know, just adjacent to you was a morgue. Well, maybe people that have never seen the way we saw it could be comfortable because it's very fancy. It's very, I'm sure it's very nice and relaxing. But we were there while it was under renovation and there was nothing but concrete walls and wetness coming down from the sides. (laughs) Remember? For sure. And, like, you know, the draped plastic, yeah. you know, that's, like, blowing in the breeze. All the creepy vibes that you see in a horror movie. And then they lead you back to the morgue room. Gosh, I, I forgot all about those uh, those drapes. Well, I kept, I kept waiting for something to pop out of this I remember time, that. Remember? Yeah, <laughs> I remember that well. And, and I think one of the, the memories that stand out the most for me is, um, you know, you go down there and... There was people or there were construction workers there at the time. And if I remember right, their meal plates that they had just finished eating were set on what they would probably think was a sink. And it was oh, far from a yeah. sink. You remember that? Yeah, I, told, I had forgotten about that. So, yeah, folks, there was a there was a well, an L shaped kind of. Uh, well, it's not a sink. No, yes, yeah, it's, it's not a sink. So, you know, not to make light of it. I know we're laughing a little bit, but. You know, unfortunately, this is where the embalming, the embalming table. tables, right? Because there was like a trap, and I remember, I remember looking at it, and I remember saying to you, "I think this is not a sink," because there was like a. I know I have a medical background that there was a what they call a blood trap, 
where when you cut into people and there's a there's a natural grade to the uh, stainless steel and there's a blood trap. And I remember telling you, I think that's what this is. Well, the part I remember is the tour guide asked, does anybody know what this is? Yeah. And you spoke up and said, oh, it's an embalming table. And I just remember the rest of the people on the tour looking over at us and their faces just got like <laughs> pale white and they took a couple steps back. Yeah, I remember that. Because <laughs> then the freezer is just a few feet, like where he kept the bodies. Yeah. A few feet away from that. And the freezer, yeah, so <laughs> the freezer, man, that just that's just scary because when you open the door to this thing, there are shelves and you say to yourself, okay, yeah, well, a freezer has shelves. Of course, you're going to put meat products, anything you want frozen, you're going to want to have on shelves. But it wasn't exactly for a head of lettuce. <laughs> no. no, this is where he would, and I don't know if he did it himself, but he was probably nutso enough that he probably did, but he would sever parts and put them there for, you know, some kind of scientific, well, not that he was a scientist, but to research on. Well, he says he was researching. We don't yeah. know how much researching. Yeah. We kept parts in bottles, which we'll get to later. Yeah, for we sure. We kept them on in, in that adjacent room on the shelves, remember? To yeah. prove to society that he was, you know, looking for a cure. Yeah, <laughs> he was looking for something. I don't know that it was much of a cure. <laughs> but, um, so with this, this Mr. Baker, right? What, what happened to him? I don't really remember. I know you did a lot of research, so you're probably a little better suited with that. Well, I I don't know for sure, but I think, you know, they started to notice that people weren't actually leaving the facility. Um, from what I understand, the majority of the people died. Jeez. And I'm not sure what he did with the bodies, if they buried them out back or he cremated them in some way, shape, or form. I don't remember that part of the I story. I think it was a combination of both, actually. Yeah, possibly. But I know he, you know, did a lot of experiments on these people in the actual rooms, like the hotel rooms that people stay in now. <laughs> um, you know, in the basement, of course, he it's where he cut them, cut them all to pieces, and you know, after they were dead, and put we hope they were body parts and jars, and Lord knows what was happening. Um, but I, I think eventually. Maybe a family caught on that they were sending all this money and weren't hearing from their loved ones. And sure, yeah. <laughs> but he actually got convicted of mail fraud. Mail fraud, yeah. probably because of the checks. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's tra- it's all track. You can track all that. They were um, federal charges were filed against him in 1940, Jeez. and he spent four years in prison after that. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it's not the reason he should have gone to prison. That's for sure. No. no. It, he uh. He was quite the character, to say the least. And, you know, of course, he his time there at uh, Eureka Springs after that ended, right? Do we know what happened to him after the... I don't know what happened to him, but as far as owning the Crescent Hotel. Okay. No. Well, and then, of course, in 1997, it looks like uh, there was another purchaser. It looks like Marty and Elise... I really won't know how to pronounce this, and I'm really sorry. I'm going to say it's... Ronick, maybe? And I'm terribly sorry if I'm butchering that, but um, so they purchased it in 1997 for $1.3 million. Um, and I guess they had a six-year restoration of that. So if I remember right, uh, it burnt down, right? 
Yeah, I think in 1967, it was almost burned to the ground. Wow. So imagine that you're, you're putting down that amount of money on a property that's completely destroyed. That's, that's a heck of a lot of faith in your ability to, to bring it back to restoration, but they did. And uh, the building was listed on the National Registry, Register of Historic Places in 2016. Um, they did sell it, though, because uh, Marty, one of the owners, died in a car crash in 2009. And um, I guess the wife remained the current owner, right? Yeah. Okay. Good deal. So now we're going to kind of shift gears just a little bit because, you know, you get a general sense of the history of the place. I mean, it's got anywhere from being a a school for, for young ladies to a college to junior colleges to the absolute worst place on earth. Am I missing any other ones? Fake Cancer Hospital? Yeah, Fake Cancer Hospital. That's a good way to call it. So... Obviously, if, if you're looking at a property, you're in a property that has that much history of, you know, let's call it what it is, death, dismemberment, and things like that, it's bound to have some kind of, some kind of property paranormal uh, impact on it, right? I would imagine so. I mean, people were living there. Yeah. So, so until the end of their days. Yeah, can you imagine how pain. horrible it was? I know. So one of the things we well we talked about a little bit in the beginning was the the jars that um, that Mr. Baker used to keep body parts in, and there was a nice little surprise in in 2019. You want to talk a little bit about that one? Well, I remember because we get some news from Arkansas because mm-hmm. we live in Southern Missouri. So um, I remember when they found it. So I guess they were doing. Um, I don't know why they were digging, but they were there was some kind of archaeological dig behind the hotel. Yeah. And they found what they called the secret bottle grave. Oof. In the ground. That sounds awful. Um obviously they knew right away probably what it was. Sure. And they found more than 400 glass bottles of Baker's secret formula <laughs> jars. God. Um they they said that there were medical sp- Specimens that oh. had been surgically removed from patients, um, that, and they think it's you know been preserved in, in alcohol, basically. And you know, it's not just speculation. You know, there were advertisements that he would put out for his hospital that had pictures of the jars that he would prove that. <laughs> you know, look, I'm researching this. That this is how I'm I'm finding out how to cure cancer and cure this and cure that. And so they took the bottles that they found in the ground and then compared them to, you know, they had some in the hotel, I guess, hanging on the wall. Sure. And they match. Well, yeah, I mean, you would imagine that time period, you know, glass and different things. I mean, they're, that's probably pretty easy to track, but can you imagine what was in those things? Oh, I don't want to know. I mean, needless to say, there was probably tumors and oh, you yeah. know, all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, 2019. So if you think about that, how long that stuff had to sit in the ground? Well, I think they somehow they found out that in the 60s they um, got rid of the jars, a bunch of the jars, Hmm. when that one owner took over. But they thought they had just 
thrown them out. Well, I oh. guess they threw them out. Sure. Dug a big hole <laughs> in the back <laughs> instead of paying for a trash bin. Right. That's one way to cover it up. Yeah. It's like trying to sweep, but you just lift the rug and just mm-hmm. sweep it right under, right? So, I mean, they're still on the property. So these people's body parts are in these jars under the ground. Oh, man. I in mean, the back of the hotel. If, if there was never a good root cause for paranormal activity, that's got to be it. I mean, you're talking about these people lived and they died in such awful conditions and they were basically dismembered. And not only were they just thrown out, they're put in jars, well, parts of them were, and thrown in the ground. I mean, I don't know about you guys out there, but I'd be pretty pissed. <laughs> Well, yeah. (laughs) But so kind of kind of going into a little bit of the of the ghost part. So we as I mentioned before, we we went there and um, the the older gentleman that that we took the tour with, unfortunately, is has passed. But I believe his name was Carol. And he was uh, he was just a really super nice guy. And, um, you know, we started. I guess we should kind of talk about how we got there. So we, we drove up in the absolute worst snow. Well, that wasn't a snowstorm, but it sure wasn't comfortable. I remember it being pretty scary getting up there. Well, you you know, it's completely pitch black you, in, in the snow. You know, I think it was kind of misty. Yeah. So it had that foggy look <laughs> yeah. already. Yeah. And you got this old Victorian-looking building Yeah. in the fog yep. with the lights coming out of all the windows. You know, just like a spooky movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, you expect somebody to come out, all work, no play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> you know? It's just crazy. And we get in, and you're going for a ghost tour. You know, you go through the front doors, and, I mean, it's very elegant, you yeah. know. when you And you get the huge, like, roaring fireplace, which I took advantage of because I was sure. freezing. Yep. Um, and it's beautiful. The hotel is absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I remember there being a lot of red, like... Um, mm-hmm carpeting and and like a lot of tapestries and stuff like that and it's every bit of what you would expect a hotel of that i guess of that grandeur in that time to have right yeah i mean what most hotels from that time period look like i mean they i mean it was built you know for the fancy rich people sure yeah so they had to you know so track them yeah and that fireplace was something else. I remember when I saw it, I thought of something out of, like, the Adams Family. I mean, that thing was really cool. Um, it, was. it was. Was it marble, I think? Parts of it. Yeah, or maybe, wood. like, limestone yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a lot of cool pictures of that online, and maybe I'll show that in the in the video for this, for this podcast. But, um, so, you know, kind of taking it back, we, we show up and... Uh, if I remember right, there was like a room that we went to and we, you know, paid our fee or whatever. And we met up with Carol. And I remember it was a decent amount of people on the tour, but it wasn't jam-packed by any stretch of the means. What, maybe like 10 people, including us? Mm, yeah, 10 to 15. So, yeah, 10 to 15 people, including us. And <laughs> there was this couple that we're going to talk about here just shortly. But, um, but yeah, everybody's really friendly and we went on this tour. And... Correct me if I'm wrong, we started the tour in the basement. Well, we met up on the main floor. Yeah, right, you're lobby. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
No, I think that was the last thing. Was it the last? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm all backwards. I think the first thing, they took us up the stairs to certain floors and showed yeah. us certain rooms that yeah. were, you know, supposedly haunted. And these are, you know, people that have stayed here have said this. And, you know, these are the things that we see. So if we go floor by floor, can you... If I remember, what is it, three or four floors? I can't remember. I think there's four floors, but the fourth floor, I think, has, like, a big ballroom and, like, a lookout, yeah, remember? that's right, yep. But then the other floors are, you know, for guests to stay in all rooms. So that brings us to a really big point. This is an active hotel. Yes. And it's actually a very busy active hotel, especially in during season. Oh, yeah. And it's it's very nice. It's not exactly cheap either, if I remember correctly. It's It's got a good hefty price tag to it. Yeah, I mean, not more than you would expect to pay for a hotel like that. Sure. I wouldn't think. Well, then again, we did stay at the Stanley, and that, that was pretty pricey, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but you're going you're going to these hotels for this reason. Yeah, so exactly. It's not, it's not like you're going to the Holiday Inn. <laughs> <laughs> the Four Seasons. You know, I mean, you're going, you know, this is an old hotel. I mean, it's very eclectic. You know, there's stories. Yeah. You know, you're going there for that experience. So sure, you pay for what you're getting. Yeah, you know that makes perfect sense. So the reason we bring up that it's an active hotel is, um, well, before we get ahead of ourselves. So yes, yeah, it is active. It's very nice. Uh, the keys are, are as you would imagine. You walk up to a to a counter and there's you know somebody there to hand you a key and if i remember the key looks like an old school oh yeah key and hanging on the wall yeah hanging you. on the wall uh, i'm sure isn't any shits creek or anything they actually hand you a nice like <laughs> a, adorned key mm-hmm. and um you know so you you have rooms and uh from the third floor down i mean it it looks really nice they've got all the all the hallways are really well lit um Kind of in a weird sconces, if I remember right, but it's kind of like got this slash art deco almost meets, you yeah, know, like Victorian. Yeah, Victorian. Look. Yeah. So on the third floor, are there any reports on the third floor? Not that I researched. I'm sure there are right. from many different people. I mean, here's the thing there are countless, countless stories yeah. from this hotel. I mean, from visitors, from staff, from, I mean, it, it just too much to even talk about. Sure. I yeah. Mean, I mean, so you we just have a- to take like the main points of like the most famous ones and, you know, people's personal experiences that they're willing to share because some people don't want to talk about it because yeah. <laughs> it was too frightening for them. Yeah. So, I mean, there's been so many different paranormal investigators that have come to this. Um, some of our favorite are the yeah. ghost hunters, Yep. you know, um, way back when yeah during the grant days yeah um and i mean they found some crazy stuff i mean stuff that there's you you know whether you believe or you don't believe it's hard to argue that it's there's not something there for sure and the feeling i got and i tend to have that you know heebie-jeebie feeling when i go in places if there is an activity and you know, I'm not going too much into my, my past, but, you know, I have I am native. My grandmother's, uh, she was what we call a curandera, which, you know, it, there's there's a lot of stuff you can look up in there. But anyway, I digress. But um, 
you know, when you walk in there, you get that feeling. I mean, almost I me mean, that weight. It almost feels like you're putting a weighted blanket over your head. You know, it, it's just like a, I wouldn't say oppressive, but you know, when you're walking, you sure don't feel like you're walking alone. No, I mean, and I'm not sensitive or anything, but I can sometimes cue sure. in on some things. But you do. You just feel like on high alert, like someone's watching you at yep. all times. At all places in that hotel. Yeah, you definitely got the creep factor. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we mentioned a little bit about some of the more well-known ghosts. Um, you want to talk a little bit about one, you know, what you found or what some of the things that you noted? Well, I mean, there. I mean, Norman Baker has been seen. You know, they say right. that he's been seen. I mean, and he's been seen on the first floor, right? Kind of yeah, like in the, in the lobby, lobby area. Lobby area in clothes, I guess that he <clears throat> has been seen in pictures wearing. Um, I mean, that's, you know, probably a given. Sure. I mean, there's... My favorite is actually, like, when the, they were building the hotel. Yeah. There was... And because, you know, I'm Irish and Scottish and all those European <laughs> mix, you know. <laughs> so, he was an Irish um, stonemason. Yeah. And his name is Michael. And I, I think this is probably proven by histor- historical fact that they have proof that he actually worked there and... But he fell off like a ladder or scaffolding or something. I think scaffolding, yeah, that sounds yeah, right. Yeah, and fell and died. Yeah. Um, but he's been seen a lot. Now he's been seen a lot in a particular room, if I remember right. Right. Yeah, I think um, room two eighteen. Two eighteen. Yep. Okay. So room two eighteen. <laughs> We're gonna. So get... that's where he actually fell to. Right. So he was up above that, probably on the third floor, and he fell to two eighteen. Now, do you remember when I we were talking about a couple? <laughs> so on this tour, you know, you, as you do in tours, you, you chit-chat, you know, and mm-hmm. there's some people that you talk to. And there was this younger couple, and they were really cool. I remember them. Um, but as we were taking the tour, and we came across this room. Um, I don't know if it was this room. Was it? Well, it was just on that floor. We'll just talk about what that floor. So whether it was that room or not, this is still a great story. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> so we're walking down the hall and Carol, our guide, says, you know, every once in a while, these doors make noise like people are trying to rattle them and there's nobody in it. And, you know, you say to yourself, oh, OK, yeah, all right, sure. I mean, that could be anything. That could be wind. That can be, you know, creaking. I mean, it's an old building, so it's going to settle, you know. Well, yeah. And I mean, you know, they're telling all these different stories and we're standing in the hallway and people. You know, people on the tour are taking pictures because everybody's hoping to capture something on yeah. there. And this is, you know, back before the cell phone picture. Oh, yeah. People actually had the cameras. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you bet. Yeah. No, they're digital cameras, but they still sure. had their cameras out. I mean, I mean that's mean, how we took pictures. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they're all just, like, hoping to see something, like, taking a million pictures and half listening to tour guide, <laughs> you know? Yep. And um, we, I remember we were standing off to, so there's, like, the main long, like, hallway. Yep. But then as the rooms, like, kind of go off to the left and the right, there's almost like a tiny little hallway, yeah. you know? And then I remember we were standing near that one, and there's a big mirror on the wall. Yeah, remember? so I remember the mirror, yeah. And we kept, like, I remember I kept looking in the mirror to see if there was anybody standing behind us that wasn't actually on the, the in the group, you know, <laughs> yeah, because they said that, that happened. Yeah, And so that's I kept, right. like, studying the mirrors like a psycho, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but I remember we were standing there, and we were talking to this other couple. Yeah. And the door to our right, mm-hmm. the handle like jiggled back and forth like yep. like somebody like it was locked and they didn't know it was locked and they were trying <laughs> yeah. to get out. 
And we're like, oh, somebody's stuck in there, you know? Yeah. And we look over the couple. <laughs> yeah. And their eyes are as big as saucers. Their faces have gone, like, ashen white. Yes. And I'm like, I remember looking at you. I'm like, are they okay? You know, like, are yeah. you guys okay? And you said, are you guys okay? Yeah. And they just, like, they couldn't talk at first. And they're like, that's our room. Because they were staying there at the hotel. <laughs> and they're like, and there's nobody in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean. So I would hate to be them. Yeah. Sucks, sucks <laughs> to be you. <laughs> because they were frightened. I mean, really yeah. frightened. Because it was visible. You saw the handle move. Yep. You heard the handle move. And we were the only four that saw it happen because all the rest were, you know. Yeah, that's right. They had the gone other for, further, the, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that, and I remember their face, and <laughs> the thing I remember the most is the, is the man that was there, the young guy. I remember him looking at me, and there was like that lock eyes moment of help, <laughs> and I'm like... Uh, well, you didn't say anything very helpful. You're like, well, I'm glad we're not staying here. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. Probably not one of my better moments. <laughs> so fit that couple's out there, and I'm sure they're not listening, but if they were, yeah, sorry about that, but... So, yeah, that was like a firsthand account of something that happened, and they were frightened. And I'm really glad we didn't stay there. And, and maybe someday here, not too far distant, we're going to have a, a, a show about a place we did stay at where neither one of us got any sleep, but we'll not get ahead of ourselves there. But, um, but yeah, I couldn't imagine getting any sleep there. Um, so, yeah, we go on this tour, and if I remember right, you get in the stairwell, and I think there was uh, <clears throat> there's an accounting of a of a lady that comes up and down the stairs. I think they hear pushing like the laundry cart or something. Yeah, yeah, laundry cart. Um, um, I think there's a cat too, if I remember right. Yeah, or, there's a cat. It's yeah, a, which they do. They have cats that live at the hotel, and you see them up and down the hallway. Yep, they sure do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's uh, you know obviously a ghost cat, um, and I, mean, I guess it would be. I guess it would be dumb of us to think that there couldn't be a ghost of a pet. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, they're living creatures, so why not? But um, so, yeah, I know we went down to like the second floor. So real quick, let's talk about <clears throat> Michael's room. Um, I mean, they just, you know, there's a bunch of different stuff that happens um, in uh, 221. 221, yeah. I think. No, 218. 218. Sorry, 218. Yeah, but they... I mean, the biggest thing is that they say they hear, like, like a fall. And, like, some a man yelling. And they, like, hear a... Jeez. You know, like a fall. And and then there's, like, different weird, like, poltergeist activity. Like, hands coming out of the bathroom mirror. Um, the door opening and then slamming shut. And then you keep, they can't open it again. Um, and I think a lot of the paranormal investigators, when they come and they stay the night, that's where they sleep because yep. they want to, you know, capture that. Yep. But Michael seems to be the one that that everybody wants to find. Sure. Okay. He's the, he's, he's Irish. The he's got to make himself. Yeah, you know. Him, you know. Yeah. Guys, guys, a mason. He didn't make it out. You and know. my favorite thing, you know, plug for the ghost hunters like episode. Um, but they go and they think they capture him on yeah. thermal imaging, which is awesome. And we're definitely going to talk about that when we get to the place where they got it, for sure. Yeah. Um, but he's probably the most, most talked about. Yeah. He is um, He is definitely, hands down, the most, I guess, infamous or famous or however you want to go with that. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, it's all over the hotel. Yeah. So, I mean, but he's he's a big one. He's sure. number one, probably. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's no uh, as Nicole was saying, there's no uh, there's no end to the paranormal activity. You could literally draw a a map and just point at any place in that hotel, oh, and yeah. there's something that's happened there. Well, you know, and uh, visitors hear screams, or they hear crying, or they hear. I mean, they're sick, dying patients in those rooms. Yeah. You know, so I mean, these people suffered. Sure. I mean, some of that, even if there's no ghost, their energy is trapped, possibly. And that's just a sad thought. And that's really sad. So, you know, kind of going through, we won't go floor by floor because I think we've got. Well, no, I'll just, I mean, touch on some sure, stuff. Sure, yeah. Um, so the governor's suite, which I think is on the main floor. Okay. Um, and these are from, like, some of the tour guides have said these are what guests have told them, like, the day after. You Jeez. know, they stayed the night. Um, she said that she met a couple that was staying on the first floor of the go- in the governor's suite. Um, they said that on their second night, they had slept with just a sheet covering the two of them because it was hot. You know? Sure. Um, but then the husband woke up and he was sweating, like, deeply sweating, and that he realized that something had tucked him and his wife in with a comforter. Like, tucked, tucked, like you would a child. That's not scary. And he pulled it off, because he was sweating. He thought maybe his wife tucked him in or something. So he went back to sleep, and it happened two more times that night. Jeez. That's that's freaking scary. Well, yeah. So, governor's suite, okay. Governor's suite, um... And then there's room 221. This is another guide, you know, story that a couple had told them about. And this one is a little, a little freaky. This is very Stanley Hotelish. Oh boy. Like you think about, you know, like the Stanley when you hear oh this. Oh boy. Okay. okay. Lay it on me. So these guests checked into room 221 in the afternoon. Okay. When they got off the elevator from the second floor, Um, There was a man standing there in an all-black Victorian-style outfit. Okay. He smiled at him. He asked them um, whether they needed help finding their room. And so they thought he was an employee, you know, dressed up for the time. Sure. You know, just... And so they said, okay. So he led them to room 221, unlocked the door, and opened it up. And when they went through, the man stayed outside the door, smiled, and tilted his head from side to side. Um, They realized they hadn't tipped him, and so they turned around to get cash, and when they turned back around, he was gone. (laughs) Wow. So they're like, okay, whatever. Guess he didn't want his money. (laughs) Right, sure. So they just relaxed in the room for the rest of the day. And then when they left and tried to come back to room 221 that evening, the door wouldn't open. Uh Uh-oh. Um, so they went down to the front desk and asked, you know, are my keys not working? And so the staff member said, somehow you have the key to 321. And they're like, no, the, the man that let us into the room 221. And the staff said, there's no one that works here at the hotel that does anything like that. Oof. So he opened the room to not their room. Gosh. Their room was 321, and he let them into oh, 221. Yeah. I mean, awfully accommodating, but yeah, that's that's pretty mm-hmm. scary. Yeah, it's a little creepy, the... Yeah, the side-to-side. Side side. <laughs> God, it gives me like a it thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of scary. 
I mean, there's a story about room 419, housekeepers report meeting this Theodora lady. Um, She introduces herself as a cancer patient. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. You know, air quote, Dr. Baker's. Yeah, yeah. And then she vanishes after, you know, they've introduced themselves. Um, The Crystal Dining Room seems to have a lot I remember that. I remember when it's we It's on went, the main floor. <clears throat> right. I remember to that. To the left of the checkout counter, remember? I remember that well, yeah. Fireplace is on the right. Mm-hmm. Left is a check-in. Mm-hmm. And it's back... And it's beautiful. I remember... Fancy we, dining. We know. couldn't go in there, right? If I remember right... Well, it was shut down for the evening. Yeah, Because yeah. it was a late tour. Yep. It was like started at nine. Yep. So dinner and everything was over. But yeah, it's beautiful. We did get to peek in there, if I remember right. And there was... Mm-hmm. It was. It was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it's everything you would expect... You know, a dining hall of that magnitude to have. Yeah. Um, and they're like a lady in white, if I remember right. Yeah, they say there's people in Victorian dresses dancing. Yeah. Um, there's a report that during the holiday season, the uh, dining room was closed and they had a Christmas tree and packages underneath. Well, when they came back in, it was moved from one end of the room to the other. <laughs> the tree and the presents. Surprise. Um, <laughs> And the chairs were circling and facing the new, newly placed holiday symbol. So they moved the chairs, which is very weird. That is weird. Um, and then there's menus scattered throughout the room one time. A waitress looked into a mirror behind the doors um, from the dining room to the kitchen and saw a man and woman in Victorian uh, clothing facing each other as in a wedding. Hmm. Uh, the groom looked at her and then the couple faded away. Jeez, that would be pretty scary. Yeah. Can you imagine just hanging out? All of a sudden, you see somebody in Victorian clothes. First of all, you'd say to yourself, "That's odd enough as it is." Well, you know. everybody's in Victorian clothes. Yeah. That's what's crazy. Like all these stories are from like probably the very beginning. Yep. When it was first opened. Jeez, yeah, because that was what it mm-hmm. initially was. Another common report is there is a man mm-hmm. in Victorian clothing once again sitting at the table near the windows, and he actually speaks. And he says, I saw the most beautiful woman here last night, and I am waiting for her to return. I mean, they see him dancing around in the room. I mean, all that stuff. And then the kitchen is right adjacent to the room. Right. Um, And there's reports in there. I mean, pots and pans are all over the place. I mean, it's just stuff. (laughs) Kids running around and, like, the knicker type, you know. um, (laughs) Yeah. Looking like the Titanic kid running around yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that that's the main floors and the different uh, living facilities. Now kind of the the show the showstopper, so to speak. So once you're done with the main floor, I guess Carol took us downstairs to the basement. Now, I can tell you the difference between the first time we went there and the second time we went there was absolutely I mean you can't really put a fine point on it because it was absolutely completely stripped of everything when we were first there yeah and the walls were I think like a were they just stone or something like that I can't really remember yeah stone or concrete yeah maybe like stone or yeah something like that and you walk through and this passageway which really just looks like something out of any scary movie you know you want to mention um, leads to the the morgue and I know we talked a little bit about that before but uh, yeah the morgue so when we walk in there Carol says well 
one of the one of the things that is felt here is that if I remember right, a young boy, and he's often felt he's often sensed by you being touched by him. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, that, you know, if that wasn't creepy enough, you know, and of course. When you say that, immediately anything that you feel that pulls against your leg or, you know, whether it's an article of clothing, immediately you go to, oh, crap, this kid's freaking touching me. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty scary. But, um, but you know, kind of touching back that the morgue was there along with the, oh, the dissection table and the, and the preparation table. Um, and that room, if I remember right, was still in disrepair. There was a lot of oh, construction yeah. going on. Um, do you, any, anything you want to add to kind of how that was or? It was creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it was I, really creepy. Like you could just feel it. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure part of it is just psychosomatic. Sure. Like you're walking in, you know what he did. I mean, what it is yep. and what he did to these people. And it's cold and dark and just. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody's just kind of like, you know standing with their arms as close as they can get to their bodies. And then you hear, you know, this boy wants to touch you. And I just remember <laughs> thinking, if somebody touches me right now and yeah. they're not here, I'm going to run out of here because I was already, like, yeah. on level 10. Right. Like, you just feel, you can feel it. Yep. You know? And, you know, he talks about the the table and, and everybody was just, you could tell they were just creeped out. And then they take you to the adjacent room. Yeah. Where the shelving is. Yes. Um, with jars. Now, these jars didn't have anything in them. No. 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 They were definitely set there as props. Yes. But if I remember right, and maybe it's just, I've seen one too many YouTube videos or whatnot, but if I remember right, we went in there and they closed the door. Didn't he do that? I don't remember that. I have a memory of that. I could be wrong, but I thought he closed the door and it was pitch black in there. But, so, <clears throat> the morgue. We mentioned that we're fans of the Ghost Hunters, especially in the early, early seasons. Mm -hmm. um, big fans of Grant um, and Jason, but, you know, it's just, it's old school for us. We're not much into the newer ones, but anyway. So, one of the episodes, I believe it was season two? Season two, episode 13. 13. Yep, season two, episode 13. Go watch it. Yeah, go watch it. Plug. Um, so... They had this thermal camera, which they I think they've taken on pretty much every uh, ghost tour that they've been on. Um, but <clears throat> there was a moment in where Grant, if I remember right, pans to the left and for just a real brief moment captures something on his thermal camera. What does he capture? Well, it looks like a male figure wearing a certain type of... Of hat, mm -hmm. which you know, Irish, Irish, yep, Irish, Scottish, Celtic people mm -hmm. typically wear. Yep. Um, and he, I remember, it, it kind of like he looks and like lowers his yeah, head, he which is like how you can tell. Down. Yep. That there's like that Irish cap or whatever they call mm -hmm. it. Um, it's crazy. It is crazy, and I've never seen anything like that. No, before. no, and, and of course. Immediately, everybody goes, well, it's just a reflection of them. Of course, none of them wearing that kind of a cap to begin with. Um, you know, Jason's bald, so it's definitely not him. 
And, uh, you know, the only person that would have been wearing a cap would have been Steve, and Steve wasn't even in the room. So No, I think it was just Grant and Jason. Yeah, it was just Grant and Jason. So, yeah, if you haven't seen that episode, I highly recommend it. And, of course, it's on YouTube, and I think even uh, some of the streaming services have Ghost Hunters. But I highly recommend seeing that because it is it is as unrefutable to me as any other uh, paranormal video. I mean, it is it's quite striking what you see. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So the one thing I kind of wanted to bring up before we before we bring this uh, episode to a close, um, you know, we'd mentioned Carol, and it, you know, sadly he's he's since passed, but um, he's he was a psychic, mm-hmm. uh, or what you might want to call a sensitive, yeah, medium, and um, you know, you definitely got that sense. There's always those people that you meet that you just kind of know there's something different about them, especially in the way that he carried himself. Um, but the reason I bring that up, we were talking about the episode with the ghost hunters and something I know that I've never seen before. And I'll be honest with you. We watch a lot of these shows and I don't think I've seen anything like that since. No, I've never seen anybody actually do what they did. Sure. So we talked about the thermal camera, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, um, they, they went to his, his home that he was sharing at that time. And it was, uh, Dr. Ellis, which is also another one of the ghosts that is spotted at the Crescent, but he owned this hotel, or this hotel, I'm sorry, this this uh, this house. And um, Jason and Grant decide that they're going to let Carol have a psychic reading of Jason. And if you're not too familiar with the show, I don't think either one of them is necessarily a skeptic, and neither one of them are absolutely a believer. They're just kind of like us, a little middle of the road, right? Right, but I mean, I think... Jason especially. He yeah. is way more skeptical. Sure. And yep. he was actually trying, he says on the show, I was trying to block him yep. so he couldn't read, give me a reading. Yep. Um, and Grant sits in the chair. He points a thermal camera at Carol mm-hmm. while he's trying to give Jason a reading. And what you see, it's all these aura of colors. Like yeah. you see them coming across from Carol to Jason and you see Jason's colors come. Yeah. It is crazy. Yeah, I remember it's like a it's like a red thermal image from uh-huh. Jason as he's seated, kind of stretches out and reaches towards Carol, who's seated on the other side. And there's a point where Carol then reaches his hand up, and as soon as he does that, on cue, what happens to Jason's aura? I don't remember. It, like, completely sucks back into him. You remember that? Yeah. I mean, it's just... I urge you guys to go out there and look at it. It is really cool. Um, you know, of course, it was it was quite a while ago, so you're not going to get any HD quality on this. But it's still pretty. I mean, it's it's really hard to refute that. It's 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 one of those that okay. You, if you know what thermal imaging it is, it's all about heat signature and everything else. And you know, you could probably dissect in a million ways that it could be some scientific thing, but. That was just too perfect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, I mean, I hate that he's gone now. I mean, he was older when we met yeah. him. Yeah, he was. Um, but he did the tour. And I do remember, like, a few times on the tour, he'd be talking and he'd pause for a second. And mm-hmm. You could see his eyes, like, he'd kind of, like, squint You're them a right. little bit. Like, he that. was looking at something. And I remember the one time someone else on the tour was like, did you just see something? And at that point, I didn't know he was a medium. I just thought he was a tour guide. Right. We didn't know until we saw nope. the show later. Absolutely that That's right. what he was because he didn't announce that yep. to us. That's 
absolutely but correct. He just said, "Yeah, I thought I saw." remember what he said no i thought i saw someone walk across the hallway yeah something like that but that would make more sense no he saw somebody in the mirror and that's why you were looking in the mirror i swear that's what happened possibly i mean it's been a while like it's been a very long time (laughs) i mean this was when we were what were we engaged yet to be married no in fact spoiler alert I was going to propose to her during that trip, and I decided not to. <laughs> so, um, obviously, we've been married, what, how long now? 16 years. 16 years, going on 17. So, it worked out, folks. <laughs> so, so the memories are a little fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. But, um, yeah, I mean, what a, what a great place. And, it again, Eureka Springs is not something you're just going to stumble upon. Um, but if you're ever in the area absolutely do yourself a favor and go there um you know your mileage may vary you may not have the same experiences that we did you know it it just depends but it it's worth seeing it's a beautiful building it's so cool to see um whether you believe in it or not it's got so much history you know oh yeah and i mean they also this is something recent i think but they host a eureka springs paranormal weekend oh and it's two weekends in a row um, and you can go and investigate. I mean, you have to pay, you know, the fees and you stay at the hotel. Um, but, yeah, I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Which I'd love to do sometime. Yeah, maybe we should do that sometime. Um, but, yeah, they originally started with one weekend and there were so so many people that want to do it. They couldn't fit everything, so they had to extend it to two weekends now. I buy that because of mm-hmm. the shows and everything else that have been oh, yeah, there. yeah, so many yeah. people have been there. And, I mean, and there's so many people that have gone there just to stay and... Got so they're like I'll I won't go back. Freaked them like out. Most of the stories are I'm not, I can't I can't do it. And actually being that I don't know if I could actually stay the night. No, I don't think I could either. Just I, knowing. No. Um, you know, it just that's that's pretty creepy. No, I'll I'll go back to arsenic and lace if we ever <laughs> have to do that again. Yeah. You know. But anyway, well, you know, it was a it was a great uh, episode. Uh, thank you for joining me. That was that was really good. Um. But, um, yeah, if, uh, if you guys want, you can reach out to us. We're at generationxparanormal at gmail.com. Um, other than that, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Generation X Paranormal is available wherever you get your podcast. Please check us out on YouTube at Generation X Paranormal. Also, come join us at our Facebook group. It is titled Generation X Paranormal Podcast or just simply facebook.com forward slash Gen X Paranormal.